section sixty of curiosities of literature volume three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org curiosities of literature volume three by isaac disraeli the rump text and commentary the french revolution abounds with wonderful explanatory notes on the english it has cleared up many obscure passages and in the political history of man both pages must be read together the opprobrious and ludicrous nickname of the rump stigmatized a faction which played the same part in the english revolution as the montagne of the jacobins did in the french it has been imagined that our english jacobins were impelled by a principle different from that of their modern rivals but the madness of avowed atheism and the frenzy of hypocritical sanctity in the circle of crimes meet at the same point their history forms one of those useful parallels where with truth as unerring as mathematical demonstration we discover the identity of human nature similarity of situation and certain principles producing similar personages and similar events finally settle in the same results the rump as long as human nature exists can be nothing but the rump however it may be thrown uppermost the origin of this political by-name has often been inquired into and it is somewhat curious that though all parties consent to reprobate it each assigns for it a different allusion in the history of political factions there is always a mixture of the ludicrous with the tragic but except their modern brothers no faction like the present ever excited such a combination of extreme contempt and extreme horror among the rival parties in sixteen fifty nine the loyalists and the presbyterians acted as we may suppose the tories and the whigs would in the same predicament a secret reconciliation had taken place to bury in oblivion their former jealousies that they might unite to rid themselves from that tyranny of tyrannies a hydra-headed government or as hume observes that all efforts should be used for the overthrow of the rump so they call the parliament in allusion to that part of the animal body the sarcasm of the allusion seemed obvious to our polished historian yet looking more narrowly for its origin we shall find how indistinct were the notions of this nickname among those who lived nearer to the times evelyn says that the rump parliament was so called as containing some few rotten members of the other roger coke describes it thus you must now be content with a piece of the commons called the rump and cart calls the rump the carcass of a house and seems not precisely aware of the contemptuous allusion but how do rotten members and a carcass agree with the notion of a rump recently the editor of the life of colonel hutchinson has conveyed a novel origin the number of the members of the long parliament having been by seclusion death etc very much reduced 
a remarkable etc this by which our editor seems adroitly to throw a veil over the forcible transportation by the rumpers of two hundred members at one swoop the remainder was compared to the rump of a fowl which was left all the rest being eaten our editor even considers this to be a coarse emblem yet the rump of a fowl could hardly offend even a lady's delicacy our editor probably was somewhat anxious not to degrade too lowly the anti-monarchical party designated by this opprobrious term perhaps it is pardonable in mrs macaulay an historical lady and a rumper for she called the levellers a brave and virtuous party to have passed over in her history any mention of the offensive term at all as well as the ridiculous catastrophe which they underwent in the political revolution which however we must beg leave not to pass by this party coinage has been ascribed to clement walker their bitter antagonist who having sacrificed no inconsiderable fortune to the cause of what he considered constitutional liberty was one of the violent ejected members of the long parliament and perished in prison a victim to honest unbending principles his history of independency is a rich legacy bequeathed to posterity of all their great misdoings and their petty villainies and above all of their secret history one likes to know of what blocks the idols of the people are sometimes carved out clement walker notices the votes and acts of this fag end this rump of a parliament with corrupt maggots in it this hideous but descriptive image of the rump had however got forward before for the collector of the rump songs tells us if you ask who named it rump no twas so styled in an honest sheet of prayer called the bloody rump written before the trial of our late sovereign but the word obtained not universal notice till it flew from the mouth of major-general brown at a public assembly in the days of richard cromwell thus it happens that a stinging nickname has been frequently applied to render a faction eternally odious and the chance expression of a wit when adopted on some public occasion circulates among a whole people the present nickname originated in derision on the expulsion of the majority of the long parliament by the usurping minority it probably slept for who would have stirred it through the protectorate and finally awakened at richard's restored but fleeting rump to witness its own ridiculous extinction our rump passed through three stages in its political progress preparatory to the trial of the sovereign the anti-monarchical party constituted the minority in the long parliament the very name by which this parliament is recognized seemed a grievance to an impatient people vacillating with chimerical projects of government and now accustomed from a wild indefinite notion of political equality to pull down all existing institutions such was the temper of the times that an act of the most violent injustice openly performed served only as the jest of the day a jest which has passed into history 
the forcible expulsion of two hundred of their brother members by those who afterwards were saluted as the rump was called pride's purge from the activity of a colonel of that name a military adventurer who was only the blind and brutal instrument of his party for when he stood at the door of the commons holding a paper with the names of the members he did not personally know one and his purge might have operated a quite opposite effect administered by his own unskilful hand had not lord grey of groby and the doorkeeper worthy dispersers of the british senate pointed out the obnoxious members on whom our colonel laid his hand and sent off by his men to be detained if a bold member or to be deterred from sitting in the house if a frightened one this colonel had been a drayman and the contemptible knot of the commons reduced to fifty or sixty confederates which assembled after his purge were called colonel pride's dray horses it was this rump which voted the death of the sovereign and abolished the regal office and the house of peers as unnecessary burdensome and dangerous every office in parliament seemed dangerous but that of the custodes libertati angliae the keepers of the liberties of england or rather the jailers the legislative half-quarter of the house of commons indignantly exclaims clement walker the montagne of the french revolutionists the redcoats as the military were nicknamed soon taught their masters the rumpers silence and obedience the latter having raised one colossal man for their own purpose were annihilated by him at a single blow cromwell five years after turned them out of their house and put the keys into his pocket their last public appearance was in the fleeting days of richard cromwell when the comi tragedy of the rump concluded by a catastrophe as ludicrous as that of tom thumb's tragedy how such a faction used their instruments to gather in the common spoil and how their instruments at length converted the hands which held them into instruments themselves appears in their history when the long parliament opposed the designs of cromwell and ireton these chiefs cried up the liberty of the people and denied the authority of parliament but when they had effectuated their famous purge and formed a house of commons of themselves they abolished the house of lords crying up the supreme authority of the house of commons and crying down the liberty of the people such is the history of political factions as well as of statesmen charles v alternately made use of the pope's authority to subdue the rising spirit of the protestants of germany or raised an army of protestants to imprison the pope who branded his german allies by the novel and odious name of lutherans a chain of similar facts may be framed out of modern history the rump as they were called by every one but their own party became a whetstone for the wits to sharpen themselves on and we have two large collections of rump songs curious chronicles of popular feeling Footnote the first collection ever formed of these political satires was printed in sixteen sixty with the quaint title of rats rhymed to death or the rump parliament hanged up in the shambles End of footnote. without this evidence we should not have been so well informed respecting the phases of this portentous phenomenon the rump was celebrated in verse till at length it became the rump of a rump of a rump 
as fouli traces them to their dwindled and grotesque appearance it is portrayed by a wit of the times the rump's an old story if well understood tis a thing dressed up in a parliament's hood and like it but the tail stands where the head should twould make a man scratch where it does not itch they say tis good luck when a body rises with the rump upwards but he that advises to live in that posture is none of the wisest cromwell's hunting them out of the house by military force is alluded to our politic doctors do us teach that a blood-sucking redcoat's as good as a leech to relieve the head if applied to the breech in the opening scene of the restoration mrs hutchinson an honest republican paints with dismay a scene otherwise very ludicrous when the town of nottingham as almost all the rest of the island began to grow mad and declared themselves in their desires of the king or as another of the opposite party writes when the soldiery who had hitherto made clubs trumps resolved now to turn up the king of hearts in their affections the rabble in town and country vied with each other in burning the rump and the liberal emblem was hung by chains on galaxies with a bonfire underneath while the cries of let us burn the rump let us roast the rump were echoed everywhere the suddenness of this universal change which was said to have maddened the wise and to have sobered the mad must be ascribed to the joy at escaping from the yoke of a military despotism perhaps too it marked the rapid transition of hope to a restoration which might be supposed to have implanted gratitude even in a royal breast the feelings of the people expected to find an echo from the throne the rump besides their general resemblance to the french anarchists had also some minuter features of ugliness which englishmen have often exalted have not marked an english revolution sanguinary proscriptions footnote in one of the popular political songs of the day the rump is aptly compared to the foxes of samson that carried a brand in their tails to destroy and to burn up the land End of footnote we had thought that we had no revolutionary tribunals no septembrisers no noyades no movable guillotines awaiting for carts loaded with human victims no infuriated republican urging in a committee of public safety the necessity of a salutary massacre but if it be true that the same motives and the same principles were at work in both nations and that the like characters were performing in england the parts which they did afterwards in france by an argument a priori we might be sure that the same revolting crimes and chimerical projects were alike suggested at london as at paris human nature even in transactions which appear unparalleled will be found to preserve a regularity of resemblance not always suspected the first great tragic act was closely copied by the french and if the popular page of our history appears unstained by their revolutionary acts this depended only on a slight accident for it became a question of yea and nay and was only carried in the negative by two voices in the council it was debated among the bloody rump as it was hideously designated whether to massacre and to put to the sword all the king's party cromwell himself listened to the suggestion and it was only put down by the coolness of political calculation the dread that the massacre would be too general 
some of the rump not obtaining the blessedness of a massacre still clung to the happiness of an immolation and many petitions were presented that two or three principal gentlemen of the royal party in each county might be sacrificed to justice whereby the land might be saved from blood guiltiness sir arthur haslerig whose passionate fondness of liberty has been commended was one of the committee of safety in sixteen forty seven i too would commend a passionate lover of liberty whenever i do not discover that this lover is much more intent on the dower than on the bride haslerig an absurd bold man as clarendon at a single stroke reveals his character was resolved not to be troubled with king or bishop or with any power in the state superior to the rumps we may safely suspect the patriot who can cool his vehemence in spoliation haslerig would have no bishops but this was not from any want of reverence for church lands for he heaped for himself such wealth as to have been nicknamed the bishop of durham he is here noticed for a political crime different from that of plunder when in sixteen forty seven this venerable radical found the parliament resisting his views he declared that some heads must fly off adding the parliament cannot save england we must look another way threatening what afterwards was done to bring in the army it was this passionate lover of liberty who when dorislaus the parliamentary agent was assassinated by some scotchman in holland moved in the house that six royalists of the best quality should be immediately executed when some northern counties petitioned the commons for relief against a famine in the land our meritist observed that this want of food would best defend these counties from scottish invasion the slaughter of drogheda by cromwell and his frightening all london by what walker calls a butchery of apprentices when he cried out to his soldiers to kill man woman and child and fire the city may be placed among those crimes which are committed to open a reign of terror but hugh peters's solemn thanksgiving to heaven that none were spared was the true expression of the true feeling of these political demoniacs cromwell was cruel from politics others from constitution some were willing to be cruel without blood guiltiness one alexander rigby a radical lawyer twice moved in the long parliament that those lords and gentlemen who were malignants should be sold as slaves to the day of algiers or sent off to the new plantations in the west indies he had all things prepared for it is added that he had contracted with two merchants to ship them off there was a most bloody-minded maker of washing-balls as one john durant is described appointed a lecturer by the house of commons who always left out of the lord's prayer as we forgive them that trespass against us and substituted lord since thou hast now drawn out thy sword let it not be sheathed again till it be glutted in the blood of the malignants i find too many enormities of this kind cursed be he that doeth the work of the lord negligently and keepeth back his sword from blood was the cry of the wretch who when a celebrated actor and royalist sued for quarter gave no other reply than that of fitting the action to the word Footnote. this actor was a comedian named robinson of the black friars theatre the performers there being termed the king's servants in the civil wars most of the young actors deprived of living by their profession all theatres being closed by 
order of the parliament went into the king's army robinson was fighting at the siege of basinghouse in hampshire october sixteen forty five when after an obstinate defence his party was defeated he laid down his arms suing for quarter but was shot through the head by colonel harrison as he repeated the words quoted above End of footnote their treatment of the irish may possibly be admired by a true machiavellist they permitted forty thousand of the irish to enlist in the service of the kings of spain and france in other words they expelled them at once which considering that our rumpers affected such an abhorrence of tyranny may be considered as an act of mercy satisfying themselves only with dividing the forfeited lands of the aforesaid forty thousand among their own party by lot and other means and universal confiscation after all is a bloodless massacre they used the scots soldiers after the battles of dunbar and worcester a little differently but equally efficaciously for they sold their scotch prisoners for slaves to the american planters footnote the following account is drawn from sir william dugdale's interleave pocket-book for sixteen forty eight august seventeenth the scotch army under the command of duke hamilton defeated at preston and lancashire twenty fourth the moorlanders rose upon the scots and stripped some of them the scotch prisoners miserably used exposed to eat cabbage leaves in ridgeley staffordshire and carrot tops in coles hill warwickshire the soldiers who guarded them sold the victuals which were brought in for them from the country End of footnote. the robespierres and the marats were as extraordinary beings and in some respects the frenchmen were working on a more enlarged scheme these discovered that the generation which had witnessed the preceding one would always regret it and for the security of the revolution it was necessary that every person who was thirty years old in seventeen eighty eight should perish on the scaffold the anarchists were intent on reducing the french people to eight millions and on destroying the great cities of france footnote desodard's histoire philosophique de la revolution de france quatre cinq when lyon was captured in seventeen ninety three the revolutionary army nearly reduced this fine city to a heap of ruins in obedience to the decree of the montagne who had ordered its name to be effaced that it should henceforth be termed commune affranchi and upon its ruins a column erected and inscribed lyon fit la guerre a la liberté lyon n'est plus End of footnote such monstrous persons and events are not credible but there is no proof that they have not occurred many incredible things will happen another disorganizing feature in the english rumpers was also observed in the french jean coulette their hatred of literature and the arts hibert was one day directing his satellites towards the bibliotheque nationale to put an end to all that human knowledge had collected for centuries on centuries in one day alleging of course some good reason this hero was only diverted from the enterprise by being persuaded to postpone it for a day or two when luckily the guillotine intervened the same circumstance occurred here the burning of the records in the tower was certainly proposed a speech of selden's which i cannot immediately turn to put a stop to these incendiaries 
it was debated in the rump parliament when cromwell was general whether they should dissolve the universities they concluded that no university was necessary that there were no ancient examples of such education and that scholars in other countries did study at their own cost and charges and therefore they looked on them as unnecessary and thought them fitting to be taken away for the public use how these venerable asylums escaped from being sold with the king's pictures as stone and timber and why their rich endowments were not shared among such inveterate ignorance and remorseless spoliation might claim some inquiry the abbe Morier, a great political economist imagined that the source of all the crimes of the french revolution was their violation of the sacred rights of property the perpetual invectives of the sans-culette of france against proprietors and against property proceeded from demoralized beings who formed panegyrics on all crimes crimes to explain whose revolutionary terms a new dictionary was required but even these anarchists in their mad expressions against property and in their wildest notions of their egalite have not gone beyond the daring of our own rumpers of those revolutionary journals of the parliament of sixteen forty nine which in spirit so strongly resemble the diurnal or hebdomadal effusions of the redoubtable french hebert marat and others of that stamp one of the most remarkable is the moderate impartially communicating martial affairs to the kingdom of england the monarchical title our commonwealth men had not yet had time enough to obliterate from their colloquial style this writer called himself in his barbarous english the moderate it would be hard to conceive the meanness and illiteracy to which the english language was reduced under the pens of the rabble writers of these days had we not witnessed in the present time a parallel to their compositions the moderate was a title assumed on the principle on which marat denominated himself l'ami du peuple it is curious that the most ferocious politicians usually assert their moderation robespierre in his justification declares that marat m'a souvent accusé de madarantisme the same actors playing the same parts may be always paralleled in their language and their deeds this moderate steadily pursued one great principle the overthrow of all property assuming that property was the original cause of sin an exhortation to these people for this purpose is the subject of the present paper footnote the moderate from tuesday july thirty one to august seventh sixteen forty nine in the footnote the illustration of his principle is as striking as the principle itself it is an apology for or rather a defence of robbery some moss troopers had been condemned to be hanged for practising their venerable custom of gratuitously supplying themselves from the flocks and herds of their weaker neighbours our moderate ingeniously discovers that the loss of these men's lives is to be attributed to nothing but property they are necessitated to offend the laws in order to obtain a livelihood on this he descants and the extract is a political curiosity in the french style property is the original cause of any sin between party and party as to civil transactions and since the tyrant is taken off and the government altered in nomine so ought it really to redound to the good of the people in specie 
which though they cannot expect it in few years by reason of the multiplicity of the gentlemen in authority command etc who drive on all designs for support of the old government and consequently their own interest in the people's slavery yet they doubt not but in time the people will herein discern their own blindness and folly in september he advanced with more depth of thought wars have ever been clothed with the most gracious pretences viz reformation of religion the laws of the land the liberty of the subject etc though the effects thereof have proved most destructive to every nation making the sword and not the people the original of all authorities for many hundred years together taking away each man's birthright and settling upon a few accursed propriety the ground of all civil offences and the greatest cause of most sins against the heavenly deity this tyranny and oppression running through the veins of many of our predecessors and being too long maintained by the sword upon a royal foundation at last became so customary as to the vulgar it seemed most natural the only reason why the people of this time are so ignorant of their birthright their only freedom etc the birthright of citoyen egalite to a cursed propriety settled on a few was not even among the french jacobins urged with more amazing force had things proceeded according to our moderates plan the people's slavery had been something worse in a short time the nation would have had more proprietors than property we have a curious list of the spoliations of those members of the house of commons who after their famous self-denying ordinances appropriated among themselves sums of money offices and lands for services done or to be done the most innocent of this new government of the majesty of the people were those whose talents had been limited by nature to peddle and purloin puny mechanics who had suddenly dropped their needles their hammers and their lasts and slunk out from behind their shop counters those who had never aspired beyond the constable of the parish were now seated in the council of state whereas milton describes them they fell to huckster the commonwealth there they met a more rabid race of obscure lawyers and discontented men of family of blasted reputations adventurers who were to command the militia and navy of england governors of the three kingdoms whose votes and ordinances resounded with nothing else but new impositions new taxes excises yearly monthly weekly sequestrations compositions and universal robbery baxter vents one deep groan of indignation and presciently announces one future consequence of reform in all this appeared the severity of god the mutability of worldly things and the fruits of error pride and selfishness to be charged hereafter upon reformation and religion as a statesman the sagacity of this honest prophet was narrowed by the horizon of his religious views for he ascribes the whole as prepared by satan to the injury of the protestant cause and the advantage of the papists but dropping his particular application to the devil and the papists honest richard baxter is perfectly right in his general principle concerning rumpers sans culottes and radicals End of section 60.